Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. for the first time also, we are in a new series entitled Let It Go. And this entire series is about forgiveness. And I think this is a message that we probably need to preach or talk about at least twice or more times a year. It's so complex. It's so involved. There's no blueprint really in how we deal with it. There are some instructions in the Bible. It tells us what to do when it comes to the issue and the subject of forgiveness, but there's no true blueprint that makes it so easy for us to do. Forgiveness is such a hard and difficult and and, and it's not an easy thing that we live with. And so what I want to do over these next couple weeks and, and next week will be our last week. And so make sure you invite plenty of friends and you all make sure you don't miss it. It's going to be very special. We're going to do something special. We're going to actually have a bit of a funeral. And I need all of y'all to be in attendance at next week's funeral here at Mosaic Church. And you'll get more information then, but invite people there. If you need a pen, uh, raise your hand. Uh, our ambassador, Alex, will make sure you get a pen so that you can take notes. Here at this church, if this is your first time, we do like to take notes here because oftentimes we sit in services and we just hear somebody preach at us and we're not being taught anything and we don't have anything of substance to take with us to share with our friends, you know. Uh, so we'd like to take notes here. If you need a pen, we'll get that in your hand. Let us go right into this word today. Today, uh, last week, we talked about things that forgiveness is not. We killed misconceptions about forgiveness those misconceptions that hold us back from actually beginning the process of forgiveness. We kind of layered those seven misconceptions, and if you missed it, you can certainly go onto our podcast to catch up with us. Today, I want to talk about a subject called 77. No, I'm not talking about a certain athlete's number. I'm not talking about the number of times we've done a certain things. No, when I talk about 77, according to the Bible, that is what the number that Jesus presented that we should forgive somebody. And so today we're going to unpack that and what it really means. We're going to try to dig as deep as we can within this short period of time, and then we'll move on. And hopefully we have some groundwork for some next steps in this process called forgiveness. Before we go into this, let me offer some prayer. Eternal and gracious God in heaven, thank you for this amazing opportunity to stand before your people as your personal ambassador. God, these words have been the same for many, many years, so I don't attempt to change them. I just pray that, oh God, that I represent them in the manner that you'd have me do. God, today I move out of the way, and I pray that the image that the people see today looks more like you, and the voice that the people hear today sounds a whole like yours. God, today I want to represent you like never before. God, bless this amazing opportunity that when we leave this place, we can say we had a good time. 
not because the preaching was that outstanding or worship just knocked our socks off, but because, oh God, we had a true encounter with you today. Oh God, I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. First thing I want to do is jump right into some scripture here. And if you're following in, in, in your notes, we're going to jump right into Matthew 18, 21. And we'll, right here, we'll come up, we'll find where we get this number, 77. Matthew 18, 21 says this. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not even, not seven times, Jesus replied but 70 times seven. No, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Many times we hear this, if you're familiar with this scripture, the first thing we think, and even I thought it before I really began to do uh, an exegetical study of this text, I thought that Peter was being a bit snobbish and a bit arrogant and just trying to trip Jesus up is what I used to think until I really did an ex- exhaustive study of what this, what this is and, and really understood who Peter was. See, if we look at the disciples, Peter was a disciple who always wanted to know a little bit more. It wasn't that he doubted. It was just that he wanted a little bit more. He really wanted to understand, you say, Jesus, that I'm supposed to um, extend grace 70 times 7. I mean, how often should I extend grace if somebody hurts me? You say 70 times. I I need to understand how this works. Unpack that for me. And if you read New Testament, you'll see Peter does this several times where he just questions Jesus, not in, in, in a manner that is disrespectful, but in a manner of a curious pupil, someone who really wants to do it right, try to understand it. What, what, what do you mean? How many times should I forgive someone? And Jesus says, 70 times seven. And some translations will say 77 times. Some translations will say 77 times. And let me tell you what happened right before this, just so we can understand. Right before uh, he gives this instruction to him, Jesus is, is, is sharing, if we look at Matthew 18, this is the fourth of, many, of, of four major discourses that, that Jesus presents, right? And this is, the fourth, this is the fourth major discourse, and he's telling them how to live in community, that would, the standards of living in community that, that Jesus' standards were. He's sharing this with them. These are the standards we have to live by. We have to have humility. We have to have forgiveness. Gotta have, he's sharing all of this with them. And in this, right before this, he's telling them how uh, if somebody offends you, how you're supposed to go with them. He's, he's, he's sharing with them right before he gets into that what you're supposed to do. And so then Peter says, well, what if somebody offends me? How many times should I forgive them? And, and, and he says, seven times? Now, why does he say seven times? Let me share something with you. He says seven times. Some of y'all are like, oh, yeah, I know some of y'all are biblical scholars. And y'all are like, oh, that's the number of completion. That's the number of perfection. And yes, it is, but that's not why he said it. See, in those times, the rabbi, remember they were under Jewish law, the rabbi said this. If someone offends you, you only have to forgive them three times. And after that, you could do what you need to do. You can run upside your head. You can cut them out of your life. Y'all can squabble if you need to. Whatever you need to do, after three times, if they've offended you, you, you're you're, you're free to do whatever you want to do at that point. So Peter, one of Jesus' favorites, is like, let me do something extra because I know we're above the law right now. I know we're following a different type of thing. And I know, Jesus, you, we don't live within the law where the Pharisees say, uh, where the rabbis say we only have to forgive three times. So is seven times good enough? And Jesus is like, no, 
70 times 7. 70 times 7. 77 times. Now, some of y'all are sitting there like, does that mean for the same person? Does that mean the same offense? It means all of that. But I want to share something with you here. This is interesting. You know, I used to joke, and many brothers, you know, that read the Bible that are married try to use Scripture on their wife. And, and, and this is one of those Scriptures I try to use on my wife. You know, uh, I did something wrong. I don't remember what it was. Either I didn't do something I was supposed to do or I did something that I wasn't supposed to do. But nonetheless, I was joking with her. I says, ho, 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 honey, wait a minute now. You know, the Bible says in Matthew, you have to forgive me 70 times, seven times. That means you got to forgive me 490 times. And so I can't possibly be anywhere near that. And my wife was like, baby, you surpassed that in year one of our marriage. But I forgive you anyway. <laughs> but that's real. 70 times seven. Can you imagine? The first thing I, I want to say is that many of us, if you keep in score, shame on you. If you keep in score, like, yo, that so-and-so did me wrong, check one. Then they come back an hour later, because sometimes that's how often people offend you. Check two, check three, and you're like, I'm almost at 490. I'm going to cut them off. If you're keeping score, that's not forgiveness. Imagine, if you will, God kept score of your offenses. Oh, my goodness, we'd be in trouble, trouble, trouble. But he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. And I'm going to share later on how he expects us to forgive. I want to share this with you. Forgiveness is not weakness, but it is the ultimate portal for the power available in Christ. Forgiveness is not weakness. A lot of times, and I'm guilty, and I'll take this one for y'all too. A lot of times, we, we'll sit there with a, with a scrawl on our face, don't, you know, our lips all tight, don't want to forgive. Because we feel like we're the weaker one. I don't want to be the one. And why do we want to feel weak? Because we feel, watch this, we feel that if I'm the first to forgive, then I was wrong. And I don't want you to think I was wrong, so I'm going to tighten my lips. I'm not going to forgive you because I don't want to be the weaker one. But the truth of the matter is if you truly are connected with this, this, this source, this Jesus, it, it, we, we, we are supposed to forgive. And, and, and that when you do forgive, you're not weak. It's a very, very direct portal to the real power that is available in Christ. Forgiving is, is the essence. You know, we talk a lot about love, but let's be honest. Forgiveness is the essence of our faith as Christians. Love is all-encompassing, but forgiveness is the essence of our faith as Christians. We'll talk about what Jesus said, one of his final words while he was on the cross. He left this with us, and, and, and I'll share, about that with that, we'll share that with you in just a minute. Forgiveness is the essence of our faith. We have to forgive. If love is all-encompassing, forgiveness is the essence. It's, it's the foundational piece because as Christians, guess what? Because we're Christians, we're going to be persecuted. Because we're Christians, we're going to be judged. Because we're Christians, people are watching us, and every little step you take and you miss, somebody's going to judge you. And you have to find it in your heart to forgive them, whether you like it or not. If you say you love—all right, I'm not going to get into that. I'm, I'm getting off. I was about to go somewhere. I was— <laughs> I'm going to stop because I, I got to go somewhere. I got to get there. I, I want to get there, so let's get there. Forgiveness is vital to living in freedom of the present moment. Forgiveness is vital for living in freedom of the present 
moment. As long as our consciousness is engaged with unresolved feelings, we expend a lot of energy on issues of the past. Forgiveness frees us from this unruly tie. Forgiveness frees us from this unruly tie. It absolutely unshackles us from our past. Anne Lamott says this, and I love this quote. She says, not forgiving is like drinking rat poison and then waiting for the rat to die. That's deep, right? Unforgiving is like drinking rat poison but waiting for the rat to die when you drink the poison. And that's exactly what unforgiveness is. As you carry it, you judge people accordingly. The people who've offended you, you, you interact with them according to what has happened in the past. You, 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 you look at people differently who've offended you because, and, and you haven't extended uh, forgiveness. A family member of mine uh, is struggling in that area. A close family member of mine who probably listens to this podcast, that's why I won't say who it is, is struggling with that. A family member of ours was brutally murdered. Selfless act of crime. She was innocent. She wasn't even the, the direct target, but she was murdered, gunned down. The person she was with was the target, and they lived. She's gunned down. My family member says, you know what? I can't forgive that so-and-so for what they did to her. I cannot forgive that so-and-so. And that, the woman who was gunned down was this person's mother. Gunned down, cold blood, left in the street. You could see the newspaper clippings of her laying halfway out of the car. And this person says, I cannot forgive the murderer who committed such a heinous crime. And I said to this person whom I respect dearly, the longer you hold on to that unforgiveness, the more it's going to build up in you and create a virus. And we're going to talk about some things because what this led to is by, by not forgiving, what are you doing? And this is what I want to share with you. There are three barriers of an unforgiving heart. There are three barriers of an unforgiving heart. We don't want to extend forgiveness for these reasons. Ready? The first one I want to present to you, revenge. Revenge. I heard a story of a lady one day who was walking in the park, and uh, there was a loose dog. And the dog bit her. So she had to obviously go to the hospital. Well, unfortunately, she found out that the dog had rabies, so she had rabies. And the doctor told her, you're going to die. Because at this particular time, they didn't have a cure for it. And so this lady was like, do you have a pen and some paper? The doctor gave her a pen and paper, and she began writing. The doctor assumed that she was writing her last will and testament. And so she's writing. She says, I need another piece of paper after she wrote on the front and the back of the first piece of paper. And the doctor was like, wow, you got a lot of people that you're going to leave some stuff to in your will. That's a long will and testament. And she says, no, doc, this is not my will and testament. This is just a list of people that I'm going to bite. <laughs> Y'all will catch that in a minute. She was seeking revenge. She started thinking about all her enemies. 
Revenge is what prevents us. A lot of times when we're hurt, the first thing we do, I can't wait to get so-and-so. You sit down, and instead of grabbing your Bible, you grab a notepad, and you start scheming on ways you're going to pay them back. Oh, baby, if I see that so-and-so, you just wait. Oh, I'm going to. You come up with clever plans on how you are going to exert your revenge on them. You're going to get it, baby. You're going to get it. I got something for you. You just wait. Let, I wish you would. I wish I would see him. I wish I would talk to him. They're going to get it. I'm, I'm going to get them. That's the only way I can feel good about myself. Instead of forgiving, I want to revenge. And, and, and I, wanna, I want revenge on them. You sit there and you think about it. And all of a sudden you see them and you just like, your plan went out the door. Your thoughts, your plans on how you were going to seek revenge, you forgot all about. You don't befriend them, but you realize that this was stupid in the first place. As a matter of fact, I can't even remember why we're beefing. It's carried on for this long. I can't even remember how you initially offended me. Here's the fact, y'all. Revenge solves nothing. At the end of the day, you don't feel better if you are able to present to them the revenge that you had planned for them. You don't solve anything. As a matter of fact, it puts you deeper in a hole, puts you in a space where you have to ask God even further for more forgiveness. Revenge is not the answer. It holds you tight, but guess what? Because when you're thinking about revenge, you have to wait till you see them. And the whole time you're waiting to, 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 to put this, this, whatever this is you want to put on them, this revenge, the whole time all that's happening is this poison is building up in you. It's simmering on the inside of you, and it's just rotting you to your core. And you become bitter with people that ain't got nothing to do with what happened in the first place. I'm talking to a few people. That's why it's quiet. I just pulled up in somebody's driveway, all up in their business. Thank you, sir. We might have a few Baptists in here, so many mans. The second thing that's a barrier for unforgiveness is resentment. Resentment. The first one is revenge. The second one is resentment. I love what Ephesians says, what Paul was saying to the, the, ch- the church in Ephesus in chapter 4, verses 31 through 32, you find these words. Paul says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, whoo, this was hard for me. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. When I before I was connected with Christ and I realized what has happened to me, and I shared this with some of y'all last week, me being molested, two different situations, two different cases, you know, one male, one female, two separate events. And I came across one of them, you know, one was a male, and I saw him back home in my hometown many years ago, and, 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 and I never knew what happened to me. You know, this molestation thing, you know, everybody's coming out, oh, I've been molested, but we didn't know that's what it was back then. You know, I, I realized it happened to a lot of people, but we didn't know what it was until we started talking about it. It was like, whoa, that happened to me. That's, that, that was wrong for that to happen? And so when I realized that I had been molested, I saw this person. And, and I, was, I was saved at the time. But my first thought was like, I'm going to whoop his tail. I'm just going to sneak him and just bam, I'm just going to lay him out. I can get him too because he was a crackhead. So, you know, I mean, he, had, he may have had energy. You know, crackheads got energy. But I would have laid him out for a hot second and ran. Huh? <laughs> and then kicked him in the nads and like, 
Yeah, use that again on somebody, you rascal. You know, but you know what? I felt for some reason, this is how I know God turned my heart. I felt sorry for the dude. I felt sorry. I was like, oh, man, look at him cracked out. Look at him, just, just a mess of a person. His life is all messed up. And then I began to think. Someone said this to me. Hurt people hurt people. Who hurt him for him to want to hurt me? Who hurt him? And I began to feel so, and I prayed. As a matter of fact, I went up to this person. And I says, hey, man, good to see you, this and that. And the funny thing is, he has no idea what he did. Don't remember it. I didn't, I didn't present it, but you could tell he don't remember it. There was no guilt. There was no shame. There was no remorse in his face, you know. He wanted to talk about how good I was doing. He wanted to talk about my wife. We didn't have children at the time. He wanted to talk about how things are in Atlanta and, you know, what's going on with me. And, I, you know, I, and, and it dawned on me, it's not that serious. I'm okay behind it. I'm not returning what he did to me to any other people. I made some poor decisions in my life possibly because of that because I thought that's how you get love is by touching, you know. And so I didn't know any better. I didn't hurt anybody when I fixed that. But you, you just, I made poor decisions. And so I just prayed for him. I said, man, let me pray for you, bro. Let me pray for you. You're looking kind of rough, man. Are you in a program? And I flipped everything where I was hurt and I wanted to just bash his doggone crack head in. I prayed for him. I blessed him. Resentment is not the answer. I had to do what Paul said. I had to get rid of bitterness, rage, and anger. Because I'll tell you this. When I realized what had happened to me, I played in my head what I would do to both of them. I played in my head what I would do to him and what I would do to the woman. They weren't together. It's separate, two different people. What I would do to either of them if I saw them. I, saw, I said that. I said that. I'm a cracker, man. And then when I saw him, I was planting it out right in my head. I'm going to come like this, and bam, I'm going to just hit him on the side of his temple so he could be knocked out for a second and kick him in the nads. But I didn't do that. My heart wouldn't allow me. My God wouldn't allow me. Resentment is not the answer. Resentment is a barrier for unforgiveness. So if you're holding something in your heart today towards somebody, if you're still angry about something that happened many years ago, drop it. Drop it today. Final thing I want to share with you in this section of uh, the barriers is remembering. Remembering is another barrier to unforgiveness. Now, let's be honest here. When somebody hurts you or, or causes an offense to you, you don't suddenly, God is not saying, go ahead and, you know, say, I forgive you, and all of a sudden you get amnesia. <laughs> your, your, your mental hard drive is wiped away. No, 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 I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is how you interact with them moving forward should change. And let me say this, and I said it last week, how you interact with them could also mean separation could also mean separation. Remember, forgiveness is not reconciliation in all cases. Sometimes forgiveness is separation, and sometimes that's the best thing you could do. Like, I forgave them, the people who molested me, I forgave them. I don't hang out with them. I prayed for them, and that's that. I think one, the female is deceased. She had an overdose. Both. It's interesting how that turned out for them, right? I'm not saying, you know, revenge is mine, but, you know, the Bible says Jesus, I mean, God said it in, in, in the Old Testament. Don't you worry about that. I, I take care of the revenge part. And I'm not saying that they chose this lifestyle because of the decisions they made to molest the young boy or whatever. That they, that's why they became drug addicts. But I think it's an interesting coincidence. 
IJS, as the young people say. I'm just saying. It's just an interesting coincidence. But, you know, nonetheless, remembering. It's not that I'll ever forget. Obviously, I won't because I'm able to share that with you. But it does mean that I don't interact with them based upon what has happened to me. That's the same thing with you. Sometimes it's not, it doesn't have to be that deep how you were offended. Somebody could have just done you wrong, cut you off, or whatever. Uh, I'll take this one. You ever drive, right, and you're, you're doing a speed limit, and somebody speeds by and cut in front of you driving like a maniac? How many of y'all, now, now let's, let's be honest, be careful. How many of y'all are like, some of y'all are like, I hope the police are up there. But others, y'all, like, man, I hope they have an accident. Don't admit that if that's you. Okay? But really, I'm like, I hope Popo is up there for driving crazy. That's unforgiveness. That's unforgiveness. Because what you should say is, like, God, wherever they're going, get them there safely. They could be headed to an emergency. Right? They could be a family member just received. They would just receive, receive some bad news. Anything. But a lot, but let's be honest, most of the time, they're just late. They didn't wake up on time, and they just being rude. But either way, the best way to forgive them when they cut you off and drive like maniacs, in that instant, pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Amen. Remembering. I love what Scripture says here. Uh, Again, this is Paul talking to the Philippians. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. He focuses on this one thing. He says that. I focus on this one thing. He's in jail, by the way, when he says this. I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. You think he forgot about being persecuted? You think he forgot about his pedigree? As a matter of fact, he preached about it. He, he often mentioned where, what his bloodline was. He often mentioned that he was a Pharisee. He often mentioned that he came from the tribe of Benjamin. He didn't forget that. He often mentioned where he used to be and tells you where he is now, even in prison. He didn't forget it, but he says he's focused. What he did is shift his focus to where he was going. He shifted his focus to forward thinking, to moving forward. My past is a past. And he wrote this while he was in a dog on jail for trying to speak up and share the gospel. Whoa, that wouldn't be me. I'd be in there with my bottom lip hanging out, mad, trying to figure out a way to get back at the person who turned me in in the first doggone place. You snitch. You ain't gully. You're not supposed to tell on me. (laughs) I'm not the only one. Y'all know it. Last week, I shared a Greek word with you, right? Epilanthanomai. Epilanthanomai. Forgetting. And what does that mean? It means releasing to oblivion. When Paul is saying, I forget my past, forgetting the past, he's saying, I'm releasing my past into oblivion. It's out of my control. There's nothing I can do about it. I don't have a rewind button to go back and press erase and overdub something. It's done. It's finished. I have to focus on what lies ahead, which is forward thinking. Epilanthanomai, forgetting. Epilanthanomai, forgetting the past, releasing it to Oblivion. Two things to remember as you are in this process of forgiving. Two things to always remember. The very first one I want to share with you is that hurt people actually hurt people. When someone offends you, someone says something that cuts you to your core, I would do this, and this is how I operate today. What's wrong with that person? 
Why are they hurting? Because only somebody who is hurting would say such mean things to me. Only somebody who is hurting would treat me the way they treat me. So instead of saying, you know what? And using some choice words, what's wrong with you? What's hurting you? And then I dare you to pray that God heals their hurt. So I want to share something with you. There's a whole bunch of wounded people in this world, a whole bunch. How do I know? Right now, if I went to my phone and went to my CNN app, that'll tell me. There's a whole bunch of hurting people in this world. There's a whole bunch of hurting people in this room, and it's only about 20 of y'all in here. And, and because we're all wounded and trying to live a righteous life, we also have to be careful about the, 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 the relationships that we currently have. Because we're wounded, we're hurt, and be careful not to hurt others. Remember that when somebody offends you, the first thing you need to remember, that hurt people hurt people. Most times it's not even intentional. Most times it's not even intentional. And many times, those people who offend you, they're remorseful. Because guess what? You were on the other side of the coin at one point. You were. You hurt somebody. You were the hurter. You were the one who hurt somebody. All of us in here has done it, even if it's unintentionally. So remember that the next time somebody offends you. Don't be so quick to anger. Remember, they may be hurting, so pray for them. The other thing is forgiving people. Forgive. Do I have any forgiven people in here? I'm one. I know I've been forgiven. I know I've been forgiven. Then if that is you, then you need to extend forgiveness Forgiveness is such a hard, hard, hard subject. Can I tell you why? Because it's unfair. It requires you to give something of yourself that you think is righteous away. It requires you to give something of yourself that is righteous away. In other words, I am validated for feeling the way I feel toward you because you offended me. So I don't feel that I have to extend to you forgiveness. I am validated. Here's the facts, Jack. You said this about me. You did this to me. Why should I have to forgive you? We feel validated in that. That's the fact. That's what makes forgiveness so hard because there is validation to the fact that we were uh, offended. And since I can prove you did me wrong, why do I have to do it? Forgiveness is unfair. That's why it's so hard. It's so hard because it seems so unfair. I have to give something after you did this to me. Here's the thing I want to share with you all. There's this word violence out there. When we think violence, we think of all of this radical stuff happening. This is what violence really is. My friend shared this with me. My pastor friend shared this with me, and it was really good. He says, when we try to change people without love, that's violence. When we try to change people without love, that's violence. What we need to do is accept them for who they are, where they are, how they are. Wait a minute, that sounds like our mission statement, doesn't it? When we accept people for who they are, how they are, regardless of where they are in their walk, then we are are expressing true love in Christ. 
We are forgiving them for whatever their story is, whatever their past is. Why? Because God forgave us and didn't ask anything in return. When we try to change people without love, it's violence. I'm going to finish reading Matthew 18 for you. And this will fully illustrate how we are to forgive. So after Peter asked this question and Jesus gives him the answer 70 times 7, he continues on and says, in the manner that he does, Jesus was such a master storyteller. Oh, my God, he was so good. I just wish that I could have just sat in front of him and just listened to some of these amazing stories he shared. But here's one he says. This is one of his parables. He says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, Please be patient with me. I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity, and he released him and forgave his debt. Let me stop right there. Y'all heard what I said a minute ago, right? The man owed the man a million dollars, and he forgave like, you know what? I know you owe me money, but you got on your knees. You begged and plead. I have sympathy for you. I have compassion for you. Tell you what, I'll just forget about the million. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just got in somebody's business because y'all are like, no way, Jose, not me. But when the king, when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him only thousands of dollars. And he grabbed the man by the throat and demanded instant pay. Give me my money. This is the same man that was just pardoned of a million. He goes and grabs somebody by the throat who only owed him a G. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me, please, and I will pay it, he pleaded. Doesn't that sound familiar? That sounds very familiar. He just did the same thing. Now somebody that owes him money is begging and pleading. What do you think happened? But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. Verse 31, and when some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had his entire debt. And, this, and then this is how Jesus finishes it. He's so deep. He's so good. He says, that's, why my heavenly fa- that's what my heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. That's what God will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. But that's just like us, though, right? 
Hmm? We get in, in a predicament. We got our little feelings hurt. Something ain't working out for us. Oh, Jesus, Lord, thank you, God, for everything you've done. I need thee now more than ever. God, will you just show up at my doorstep and bless me abundantly, God? Oh, God, heal my heart from all of the hurt. And God, God forgive me. I know I haven't lived a perfect life, but forgive me. And God says, you're forgiven. And what do we do? We go out there and, we go, and our neighbors uh, uh, offends us. And what do we do? We get all frowned up and get a mashed up face and get mad and don't want to extend the same forgiveness that God gave to us freely. Didn't charge us, didn't ask us to do it. Y'all asked, he gave it. But do we extend the same forgiveness to our neighbors, the person who offends us? The answer, I can answer for you. You don't have to. No. No, we don't. We are all guilty of it. He gave the same forgiveness to us. We are undeserving of it. We didn't earn it. He gave it to us free will, and we go out there and get easily offended. Easily offended. We get offended when somebody don't agree with our political stance. We get offended when somebody refuses to take our phone numbers. We get offended when we don't get the job that we knew that we were qualified for. We get offended when pastors all up in my business. We get offended when our neighbor just walked by and didn't say hello. We get offended when somebody cuts us off in traffic. We get offended when somebody takes the parking spot that we sat there for 30 minutes for. I may be talking about myself. We get so easily offended and beg God for mercy and grace for what we've done, but we don't easily extend it to somebody who's offended us. I know it's quiet in here. I understand. I get it. I get it. I offended you. It's okay. I get it. I love you anyhow. I love you anyhow. Here's what I want to say to you. Here's what I want to say to you. When we go before the throne of God in prayer, oftentimes we're seeking grace. But when we are offended in the world, for some reason our carnal minds seek justice. When we, are, when we go to God in prayer, it's always about grace. It's always seeking grace. But if somebody does us wrong in this little tiny spot on the, in, the, in the world called earth, right here, this little place, in this little country, in this little town, in your neighborhood, somebody offends us, oh, my God, justice. Catch that speeder. God, I pray that the cops is up there waiting for him. Justice. Justice. They cut me off. I pray you get a flat tire. Justice. And we should be always seeking grace because it was extended to us in the same way. Jesus' final words on the cross, and it's only recorded in the book of Luke. As he's there on the cross, he carried his cross, first of all, up this hill. And along the way, they spat on him. They called him all type of names. He was a traitor, a completely innocent man, but they called him a traitor. They called him all kind of painfully hateful things. They beat him. They threw rocks at him. They kicked him. They did all, I mean, just, just imagine, they whipped him. He gets up there, nailed to this cross. Nailed to this cross. He looks at his accusers. They're still taunting him. 
saying all of these things. Here we have the Son of God who has the power to just completely destroy these fools, completely wipe their doggone behinds out. What does he do? Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. What is your final prayer on your last day? Are you asking the pardon of the people who offended you? Are you even thinking that God shows up and says, listen, you got about two more hours. What you want to do? Oh, man, can I get a plane to Jamaica? Or am I going to take my two hours and say, God, give me, give me a minute to think about all the people I want you to forgive, all the people who've wronged me, all the people who've just done something malicious to just gain their own way in this life. God, forgive them for what they know not what they do because they probably hurt people that hurt people. And I look at these people who were accusing uh, Jesus of these wrong things. They were easily manipulated into believing he was this type of malicious man. They were hurt people seeking a leader. My last, his last minute here on earth, he says, Father, don't even take me from this. Just do this one simple favor for me. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You know why he said that? Huh? How many of y'all for me with the Old Testament? Y'all read the, read the Old Testament where, where, where God, like if he didn't like how things went, he was like, okay, let me see. Let's go backspace. Delete. Delete. Start a brand new race of people. I don't even need you. Huh? He did it. He would, he would listen, he would start completely over like it was a whiteboard and Let's do this all over. That was just wrong. And Jesus knows the power of his father right there on the cross. And he's like, you know what? He's about to take these fools out for what they just did to me. Father, forgive them because they don't know what they just did. They, 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 don't, they don't know. Please, he's pleading now with God. His final prayer, please, please listen, please, 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 please forgive them. Forgive them. They, they didn't know. They had no idea. They had no idea. Please, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Would that be your final prayer for your offender? Matter of fact, it don't even have to be your final prayer. Would that be your prayer today? If you're sitting in this room today and you have some unforgiveness or bitterness in your heart, is that your prayer this minute? It should be. Can I tell you why? Because it's for your benefit. You're not freeing them. <laughs> you're freeing yourself. You're releasing yourself. You are disconnecting this unnecessary negative energy that you've carried for them, which keeps you all forever connected because you haven't forgiven them. When you release it to God, lift it up, and to oblivion, you just freed yourself. Anybody want to get free today? Amen. Let us pray. Eternal and gracious God in heaven. Oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you, God, for just being a forgiving God. God, we don't deserve it. We really don't. We keep messing up, but you don't see that. You don't, you don't deal with us according to how we've messed up. You don't deal with us according to how we've missed the mark. You deal with us according to our heart. Thank you.
Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.